Welcome to episode 11 of the Ace of Spada podcast. Today's conversation I had is with Dylan Bear and Lauren First. These two are coaches and founders of Bear Aesthetics, a prep coaching company and lifestyle coaching company. Uh, these two are some of the greatest people I've ever met. They have a ton of knowledge with prepping and bikini competitions, and that's what we go over is actually prepping and the mentality and everything you need to know about prepping from what actual uh, suit you wear to the makeup to the hair to the tan and then actually training and the nutrition behind prep. Dylan is an expert in this, and Lauren is also an expert. She is also a bikini competitor. Dylan is a competitor himself. He is a registered dietitian. You can find them at bearesthetics.com. I'll have it linked in the show notes. But I want to give a shout out to two companies I'm an ambassador for that I really do preach, and I like to reach out to them. Uh, first is Rev Up Nutrition. I use their pre workout Nitrous V2. Uh, one hell of a pre-workout, guys. Definitely go get some. Use code SPADA for 15% off your purchase there. And secondly, uh, Fitletics, a clothing company by my training coach, Matt Saxon. You can use code SPADA. Um, it's not a discount code anymore. Wanted to get that out there. It is a support code. So anything that you purchase, use the code and it supports me greatly. And lastly but not least... Leave a subscribe, leave a review, or subscribe down below. Um, it helps me out big time trying to get my name out there. We have a ton of great guests coming on in the next month and a half, so stay tuned, guys. Thank you guys for listening and welcoming right now Dylan Bear and Lauren first. All right. As I said, this is the most anticipated convo I think I've ever had. Uh, we kind of hit it off right away when I was talking to one of their clients, Rachel, who goes to the same school as I do. And it's just been from there that we've just been interacting on Instagram all the time. And I'm going to welcome Dylan and Lauren. If you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick, just give a little background behind you two. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, Anthony, thank you so much, brother. We're excited to be on this podcast. So we really appreciate you um, asking us because, uh, you know, we just love anytime we get to talk about what we do and what we're passionate about and try to spread that that knowledge um, any way possible. So we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, just a little bit about myself. I am a registered dietitian and owner of Bear Aesthetics, where we specialize in bodybuilding, bikini and contest prep. But we also do, of course, your typical lifestyle coaching as well. And I'm Lauren. I am also a barestatics coach. And then in addition to that, a registered nurse in the NICU and bikini competitor. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on again. Um, it's just been a pleasure to be talking with you guys and just asking questions, learning from you guys as much as possible. So we're just going to jump right into this. Um, let's get a quick intro of how bear aesthetics actually started like the no bullshit just science <laughs> yeah absolutely so it all pretty much started when i was an undergrad at the ohio state university um studying nutrition and business and 
at the time I was trying to make money like any college kid. And I had a really strong passion for personal training at the time. And I think a lot of people go through this phase where you, you kind of think that you're going to train clients for the rest of your life. And I was doing that quite frequently. Like I'm talking long ass days where I was training 12 to 15 clients a day, um, trying to make some source of income, trying to get my foot into the, the fitness world. And as I started training more clients, um, I realized a lot of other trainers were just kind of talking a little bit about the nutrition side of things. And they weren't really providing that much good knowledge or good science behind what they were telling their clients. And I think a lot of clients have this misconception Inception that personal trainers know a lot about nutrition. I mean, the two, of course, go hand in hand, nutrition and training. But just because one's a personal trainer doesn't necessarily mean they understand the science about nutrition. Um, and so I started learning more about that when I was training. And then I, my clients themselves kept asking me more about nutrition as well. And I said, well, I want to know as much as possible so I have the best answers for you so we can get you the best, most optimal results. So at that point, I uh, looked into becoming a registered dietitian where I, after I got my bachelor's degree, I went to grad school for medical dietetics and then basically started BA the first semester of grad school. And I did, <coughs> excuse me, I just recently did a post on this saying like a lot of people thought I was batshit crazy for starting up a business the first semester of grad school. However, I had a vision of what I wanted with BA. I wanted to have some kind of platform where we had a community full of evidence-based individuals where we can just spread that knowledge and just make it global. And that's exactly what I did. And as soon as I started up BA, I kind of grew it throughout all my grad school. So then when I graduated and became an RD, I had a platform to jump on and I've been running with it ever since. Yeah, I think it's been impressive. Uh, I've only been following you for the past, like, I think year now. Uh And it's just, you've grown like so much in just the past year. And it's just like your team is so large too. It's actually quite, it's actually quite impressive to me seeing that I'm just starting and it's like, oh shit, he has like 20 competitors at one time in one show already doing it. Man, it's um, it is actually really crazy how fast that it's grown in the past year, year and a half. It's just mind blowing. And every time I talk about it, like right now, I got goosebumps just because, you know, I had this vision, but I had no idea it would become what it has today. And I'm truly thankful um, for what we are building and what we continue to build. And I'm just excited and so happy that we're BA is comprised of just positive individuals with the same goal. And we want to relay the same message. Like you can live life. You can compete in these bodybuilding bikini shows and do it in a smarter, healthier way and have fun with it and kick ass and win shows in the process. So, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually, I'm doing a show hopefully by the end of 2020. My goal is, yeah, my goal is to do a show by 20, by the end of 2020. I need to put just a little bit more mass because I have the posing to do, um, classic, Mm -hmm. but I don't have just like the leg size. I just need to grow my legs just like an inch and a half. 
Trust me, I, I know all about that. So I had the the posing for the classic. I, I did the classic physique just for the first time this past um, September. I did both men's physique and classic, and then I won the overall on men's physique, and then just didn't have the size for classic physique. Um, as much as I love, absolutely love the posing for classic, it is so much fun. I yeah. uh, up on stage like i was just having a, uh, the time of my life just posing in those trunks um the judges said I'd, i need a little bit more size so i figured i'll stick to men's physique for right now listen to the judges and then um you know i'll get back on that classic stage soon but it requires quite a bit of a foundation um that people don't realize but i definitely brought in the the conditioning so i did everything in my power to to bring it <laughs> i think bringing up those two is actually quite a good point because i kind of want to move on to that we're going to hit this topic right now, actually, instead of like where we had it. So we were talking about competing is just more than dieting and training. Um, you got to look at it as you have to be in the right condition. You also have to have your posing down. Oh, yeah. So I want to know what other factors go into it, including those, like briefly, like describe those if you really want to on what really goes into it just besides diet and training. If yeah. I get both your views from it, especially yeah, bikini and physique. I'll touch base on it and then I'll let Lauren jump in. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, especially those that are unfamiliar with the bodybuilding world, uh, they think it's like whoever is the, the most shredded and the most conditioned or has like the most amount of muscle, they're going to end up winning the show. And there is truly so much more to this um, when it comes to actually winning shows, especially when you talk about the bikini division. And this is kind of why I've developed such a strong passion and niche for coaching primarily bikini athletes, because I personally, I feel like it's the hardest division to end up winning. So I love studying the shit out of it so that we can really learn what the judges want and we can go to these shows and just basically own it. Um, and like you said, there's so much more to it than the conditioning aspect, which of course comes from primarily diet, which we nail. Um, you know, as far as the, the posing goes, this is a night and day difference. I mean, you can definitely tell uh, who did their homework when it comes to posing when they gets on stage. You know, we tell all of our athletes, we want to practice right off the get go. So when you're on stage, it just looks like it's supernatural. And it looks like you're having the time of your life because I can't tell you how many judges. So we go to these shows, these shows, <clears throat> And we get feedback from from the judges about all with all of our athletes. And when we go to these shows where we have 20, 30 athletes all in one, um, we you know, we had several judges just say, like, we can definitely tell which athletes are yours, not only because of the conditioning, but also because of the overall posing and the overall look that they bring to the stage. And it is all about the overall look when it comes to these shows, the posing, the hair, the tan, the makeup, the confidence, the suit, the suits, all those minor details play into how well you're going to do at the end of the day on that stage. So when did you agree? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. And Lauren's been such a huge help um, with BA and all of our bikini athletes um, because Lauren herself, have you seen this girl pose herself on stage? It is just, I'm not just saying this because she's my fiance. I am saying this because this girl knows how to work it on stage. And, <laughs> like, she my attention. Every time I'm just like, oh my God, I could just watch her pose all day. And I do. <laughs> you know, she's used um, her own gift for posing to help coach others and she is so good at that like it truly helps all of our bikini athletes when it comes down to uh show day all right how does the uh 
How does a suit affect? I always want to know this because oh, it's yeah. like something that I'm that I've been like interested in is that they always like talk about it. I know you, Lauren, like to specify picking the right suit. Yeah. So if you you want to go into like why the suit actually matters, like like yeah. what details matter about that. Yeah, definitely. So it's funny, a lot of people, and I mean, I'll be the first to say when I first started competing, and that was back in 2014, I was like, pink is my favorite color. I'm going to wear a pink suit. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so, I, mean, of I course, wish we had that photo too. Oh, oh my gosh. It's embarrassing. We'll have to throw oh. it up on IG here. <laughs> I'm not thinking anything of it. My favorite color. Well, no, it definitely can affect the way that you place. So, skin tones are all completely different between each individual. Um, and then you also have to kind of take into consideration your current hair color and then along with the color of your skin when you have your spray tan on. So those two, all those factors kind of come into play when you're up on stage in the, in the stage lights. Um, so you unfortunately can't just go off of what your favorite color is. Um, <laughs> everybody's kind of hair and skin tone, it all kind of helps choose like what that right color is. So it's a, it's different. I mean, I've always just recommended for our girls stay away from pastels. Pastels usually don't go very well over stage with that crazy dark tan. Um, and also when I first started competing, I was a broke college girl. So <laughs> I found the cheapest suit possible. There was like no sparkle to it. I mean, it was kind of just an embarrassment, but I was trying to save money. Uh, I'll say that the sparkle of your suit in addition to the color is also very, very helpful because if you think about it, stage mm -hmm. lights, the crystals on the bikini, it's going to glisten more. It's going to catch more eyes. So I've noticed that just choosing that right color, you usually, um, and again, it kind of varies per girl. Um, and that sparkle is definitely going to make you stand out better on stage for the judges. Um, and the best piece of advice I can give for any bikini athlete out there is to just talk to your coach. I wouldn't just go kind of off of a whim of what you feel. It's always nice to get a couple opinions from the people that are coaching you. Absolutely. And it really does help. Um, you know, we make sure that these all these details and variables are hit with every single one of our athletes um, and it's something that we truly are passionate about and i just feel like not many teams um, or coaches really take these little things into consideration um, but i really think that's what's differentiating us from everybody else because we really 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 hit these minute details and i'm telling you it pays off it yeah. really does yeah, I think it definitely I think it shows too when um when you go back to what you said about the posing too, about like starting from the get-go. I feel like a lot of people really typically don't start until about like two to three weeks out or like a month out. The reason is, I mean, a lot of people just don't wanna see themselves until they're looking the Super best lean, about yeah. two to three weeks out. Um, however, when you can pose really well in your worst conditioning, you're gonna be able to pose that much better in your best conditioning. Oh yeah, I just sent a video to my to my coach. Yeah. And it's like me in bulking and we're like looking. But I'm slowly gaining veins in like these weird places and he's like spotting them out and I'm like, oh well I can't see that. But it's cool to see his opinion cool. on what I look like right now yeah. with the poses. Cause I know once I get down and I get shredded, it's going to be like ridiculous. 
Exactly. And I encourage you to consistently keep doing that. Take weekly pictures, take weekly videos, um, because once you start that prep journey, it's going to be really cool to see you progress um, and especially watch your overall posing progress, too, when that time comes. Yeah. So we're going to get into actually bringing along prep. We're going to continue that conversation. Um, I know a big thing that a lot of people always stress is that final week, otherwise known as peak week. So I want to know how you deal with certain aspects with water carbs um i know one big thing that i want to look forward that i look into is mentally people dealing with like cortisol levels and making sure they aren't stressed out all the time like that's i want you to go into details i'll let you go at it <laughs> yeah, absolutely. so um you know everybody talks about peak week which is the week leading up to that show day and i really don't I tell all my athletes, don't be expecting these crazy ja- drastic changes that a lot of people kind of claim <laughs> claim or kind of hope for. Okay. And the reason being is because we want to have you ready before peak week. All right. And if we have you ready before peak week, we did our homework. The peak week in our opinion with the coaching with BA is just all about fine tuning the details as far as like you already talked about anthony the carbohydrates the sodium and the water so if you already look good going into peak week which is our overall goal with every single one of our athletes then you shouldn't really be making too many drastic changes come peak week and i feel like this is where so many too many people go wrong because they look good in the you know i get this all the time of new clients. They're like, yeah, my previous coach, you know, I had, I was looking so good going into peak week and then come show day, I look bloated. And I was like, well, what did you do? And a lot of times they cut water and they take diuretics on top of that, or they manipulate their sodium too much. And when you start manipulating all these variables too quickly or too much, then you really will um, actually end up looking worse come show day. So like I said, it's all about fine tuning these details. And when I mean fine tuning, it's just simply going in. What we have all of our athletes do is as far as water goes, we have them consume typically about a gallon and three quarters, if not two gallons a day. And we'll have that high water intake all the way up to one day out. And then even on show day, we never cut water out. We, I give all of our athletes a lot of water, and I'm talking even some more than a gallon before they even step on stage just because water. Oh, wow. oh yeah. It, I mean, you got to think of it like what is our muscle comprised of mainly? Water. So if we fill our muscles up with water, that should help give your muscles a more full and dense look, which is what we want on stage. So we keep water nice and high. And then the other variable that you mentioned is sodium. A lot of people manipulate this or they fear it because they have this um, mindset of um, sodium is going to make them hold more water. And if you're actually the conditioning that you need to be come stage, you're not going to be holding too much water no matter what you do. So we basically have all of our athletes um, consistently stick to the sodium intakes that they've been doing leading into peak week, which varies for each individual. Okay, so I have some more athletes consuming about you know, two to three grams a day. And I have some athletes eating five to six grams of sodium a day. I don't care. It doesn't matter. What we figure out is what have you been doing leading into the peak week? And then I'll prescribe certain ranges of sodium to keep it very high. um, And we'll keep it similar to what they have been doing. And then when we do that alongside with high water, we can really start to 
you know, peak and maximize their physique and um, with a little manipulation of, of carbohydrates as well. Did your uh, did your peak week strategies like take a lot of just like trial and error? Was it Absolutely. right? That? Oh. They, it really did. And then um, especially initially, I think because uh, I, when I was getting in the world into the bodybuilding world, I mean, I feel like the flexible dieting and the evidence based scientists really weren't there yet um and they're slow they're still not there but they yeah. are so we're slowly starting to to tap into the market more and i think science is actually starting to be heard thank god um but absolutely it took a lot of trial and error um and then i really really know i've nailed it now um Okay, cool. Um, I was just touching base on as far as, uh, you know, trial and error. It's I've definitely uh, developed better techniques when it comes to peaking over time. And what I like to do is nowadays primarily is do what's called like a progressive carbohydrate load in in the terms of like we gradually increase carbohydrates throughout that peak week where we have all of our athletes send us pictures in the morning and then, you know, maybe around their training and just multiple times throughout that day leading up to their show day and then we'll basically based upon how they're looking start gradually increasing their carbohydrates on a day-to-day basis whereas a lot of people in a lot of techniques especially in the past they like to do what's called front loading where they load the carbohydrates in high in the beginning of the week and they kind of taper them down and then there's also what's called back loading where you kind of just coast into the show and then the day or two before your show you end up backloading a ton of carbohydrates. And I find like those methods can work for some and I still do implement those for some. However, I really feel like you're asking for more of a risk to not peak the physique more appropriately doing in those methods. Whereas like when you consistently gradually increase carbohydrates on a day-to-day basis by progressively loading the carbohydrates, I find that the, the physique and the muscle fullness really, really peaks doing that that method and it's more safe you're less likely to spill over very rare have i had i can't even name i can't even think of an athlete um in 2019 where we had spill over um which simply just means you're giving them too too many carbohydrates before they step on stage what happens if uh what happens if a client does uh spill over like when you've had that excellent question um and i feel like this um if this does happen what i would have them do is just simply grab a hold of depending on when it happens um if it happens throughout the peak week i would just have them go ahead and and hit a nice uh circuit and training okay just train or if it happens like on show day if i'm like wow you you look a little bit water watery or you have a little thin um layer of like watery on your skin and you're just not as hard as what i would like you to be i would just have them grab some bands or some light dumbbells and i basically just run them through a little circuit and do some posing as well because Mm -hmm. when you do that you're shuttling the nutrients in the water into your muscle and you can just see the their their skin just getting tighter and tighter and doing that yeah um lana do you want to do you want to touch on like how quarters like I want to touch on cortisol real quick because I like to talk about how stress affects you mentally and everything. Do you want to talk about how you dealt with like your cortisol being like working with clients and being on your, like if you both want to touch on that, you guys both did your own preps. So if you, Lauren, you want to start uh, just touching on how you dealt with like stress and everything while being on prep. Yeah. Well, for first off, I mean, prep in general is usually a pretty stressful thing. I mean, you're putting your body through a lot. You're dieting, you're working out, you know, energy levels are low. Also on top of that, for at least my situation is work. So I work night shift as a nurse, three twelves, 
I kind of did uh, narrow down to two 12 hour shifts a week, but um, kind of just throwing my body through that disruption of the circadian rhythm, I mean, can definitely also infect cortisol levels. Um, so a, just trying to do little small remedies to just help decrease cortisol. I mean, just trying your best not to stress out. Um, another thing that myself, along with almost all of BA, uh, we incorporate a cortisol supplement. Um, and we literally just started incorporating this. I mean, as of, I would say primarily mid 2018 through now. Um, so it's called MorphoCalm. It's through a brand here based out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, Morphogen Nutrition. Um, and I know Dylan will love to dive on into the nerdy science part behind this uh, awesome supplement. But what basically um, decreasing your cortisol levels in the long run is going to decrease water retention. Um, sometimes when you're retaining water, that's where the weight fluctuation comes. Most girls, even myself, see weight go up. That causes more stress. Um, so this supplement that we've all kind of been implementing into prep, um, I've noticed along with almost all of our clients kind of just helps us have more of a consistent weight loss throughout the prep and not so many up and downs. Now it's going to happen, but, um, yeah. Dylan would love to just dive into like why we use a supplement and what it actually does. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, she nailed it with everything with the cortisol and stuff like that. And, um, you know, this supplement that she's talking about, its primary ingredient is going to be ashwagandha or KSM 66. Um, if you've heard of that, Anthony, I we have yeah, yeah, I have emerging research to support like, hey, like this, this adaptogen can really help manage cortisol levels in the body. And any time that we can actually potentially manage that, by all means, when it comes to physique sport, especially bodybuilding and bikini stage, we want to optimize on that and capitalize on it. Um, and, and we've been implementing it quite frequently with a lot of our athletes, if not most of our athletes, um, and really do see a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they can speak for that as well. So, yeah, I remember, uh, actually I was talking with Sean about this, uh, Sean, oh, McDavid. Yeah. he was, he was actually talking about using the product. So I'm thinking about giving it a go right after Christmas, oh, wow. just going to buy Absolutely, some. Cause I want to start my school year off. I'm, I literally am going into my biggest month of podcasting. So I'm like going to be stressed doing all this. And I'm just like, it's awesome. the great. Yeah. I totally want to look for, look more into it and start using it. Um, how do you, Oh God, I lost my track. Oh boy. Um, this is the first let's go into the, uh, the mental, the mental effect of prep. Cause I think that's the biggest one. And I've seen it on myself even just cutting in general just like it takes a lot out mm -hmm. of you i know that so how do you get over i want to first touch on like the body image thing because mm -hmm. i think that's the one that a lot of people if not all people actually deal with when it comes to mm -hmm. any type of prep or cutting body fat at all it's like you don't look good you feel like you don't look good but when you take your progress photos you actually see the difference and then you realize you look good so if you want to delve into that yeah. on mental effect if you guys both want to go into your experience dealing yeah, with that the mentality um in body dysmorphia in this sport um or in general just when you said like cutting weight or doing anything trying to make a difference in your overall physical uh, appearance um 
it, it just causes a lot of stress and it's just a mental fuck. So that's why I always stress, like no matter what your goals, if you have body composition related goals, hire a coach because we have a work perception of ourselves. We all want to nitpick every little detail about ourselves. And I do it. We all do it. Um, so having that second pair of eyes to kind of like talk you back to reality, um, like you said, back to your posing, like, you know, you sent your coach a video of you posing and you didn't realize that you have certain poses where your muscles pop and your vascularity uh, is more apparent. Um, your coach kind of like lets you know that. So coaches see things that you personally don't. Um, so I highly recommend having a coach to be your second pair of eyes um, just because you see yourself every single day and you're not going to notice those changes um, unless you have somebody else there like saying, yo, you're on the right track and you truly are making these physical changes. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of see it also not even just cutting and dieting down for a show, but sometimes when you get your body to that bomb look, you know, like that end product, you look shredded, you know, the best you've ever looked. Sometimes that that look is, you know, what everybody feels like they need to look like all the time to be considered, you know, fit, to be considered ready yeah. where you know what we're working with our girls through reverse dieting where we're slowly getting their calories back up this is following their show or you know leading into a show even sometimes that weight fluctuation a little bit more or maybe we are looking a little bit fuller you know the bodies are always going to be changing so sometimes that mentality is a little messed up because you're so used to seeing yourself at that leanest and anything else to you may not you know you feel like you're not good anymore where that's why also having that coach is really important because they're the ones you know making sure that you aren't ever falling off track and you no matter what phase you're going through you need to have that mindset of you know you can't always be that shredded <laughs> um that's, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of we see it both ways. Absolutely. And she brought up the fact about the the scale weight. Okay. And this is the biggest mindfuck for a yeah. lot of people. And what we make sure to tell all of our athletes, so we have them fill out a, a pretty um, you know strategic data sheet and log, and we have them tracking their daily weights. But we encourage like, you know, don't worry about the day to day fluctuations. Those are totally normal. You know, we want to pay attention to the weekly average weigh ins over time and. I don't want you worrying about those. Okay. That is data for myself. So when you step on that scale, I encourage you to have no emotional attachment to that number because that number, you don't know how to interpret that number. That's my job as your coach to interpret that number. So you just step on the scale, you log that number, and then you just go on with your day and keep adhering to the protocols that we prescribe. And you're going to be in great shape and then allow you know, myself and the coach to assess that number and figure out what the next plan of action is. And that will really help just take a weight off your, your overall mentality, no matter what, what um, your goal is at that time. Yeah. I think the scale weight actually is really important um, to not look at because I do it now and we're like trying, we're in a phase where I'm trying to lean bulk. So I'm trying to get as much muscle as possible without putting too much fat mm -hmm. on. And sometimes you get those family events and those holidays where you see that jump yeah. up yeah. like two or three pounds and you're like crap and then the next day you the person goes into the gym and they do like an hour of cardio which is unnecessary oh, to yeah. do because yeah a lot of people think when they see that scale do something like that especially in the holidays i'm, I'm gonna do a quick post on this probably later after this podcast um you know don't um you know have 
a negative feeling towards that that number, like especially around the holidays, because people are going to be enjoying, you know, Christmas tomorrow. I don't have guilt and with that. don't have any kind of guilt with that. Like just stick to whatever protocols that your your coach prescribed you. Like we have a lot of our athletes having untracked meals or maybe even untracked, you know, days. Um, and that's probably going to be in, you know, you should anticipate a little bit of a weight fluctuation. And I have some people not even checking the weight the next day, but just because I know where their mentality is. Um, but others, I'm just like, yeah, it's data. I want you to step on that scale. Um, just, yes. you know, don't get too attached to that. Don't, absolutely. Don't freak out. Absolutely. Don't freak out. Just get back to your regular shit and you'll be good. Yeah. Cause I actually, my coach just sent out my check-in yeah. yesterday right before I worked out and he was like, you have two options. So one, you can track if you want to track. He's like, I'll gladly use the data. Or number two, I'm going to take like the next like few days uh -huh. off. And he's like, don't do anything. He's like, just enjoy your family, enjoy your time. Because with all the events I have coming up, I was like, well, I kind of need the track for a few days. So my sister's, my sister's wedding comes before Christmas yeah. at any time. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm kind of gonna track loosely. But he's like, that at least works. He's like, it's better than nothing Absolutely. than just sitting there because he knows today, tomorrow, and then like the next three days are going to be busy. So he's like, well, it's better to track now than tracking the track later in the week, which is completely honest. And it's just like seeing, I think seeing the weight too is kind of a motivator though. I like to like, do you guys use it as motivation when you guys see it like continuously going down? Cause I know that has a big mental effect is that like, I was really happy when my weight was going down cause I knew I was doing something yeah. right. And seeing my client's weight, like right now my client is continually losing weight on the, on the initial calories I gave her and the initial macros that I gave her like three weeks yeah, ago absolutely. and absolutely. it's continued going down. She's just like, it's like yeah, great. And, but I think, you know, it can be something important to note, like, the scale going down, I think a lot of, I think most people think that is a positive. We're in a lot of cases, I'll tell you, the scale going down is not what you want. Um, and I have a lot of girls where I actually have them gain. I had a girl going into nationals uh, in Miami in November where I actually wanted that scale to go up. Um, it truly okay. does depend on the individual. And I've had several individuals where we legit started prep at a weight and then we went on show day that same weight yeah so and but they look I'm completely different absolutely they, they wow. look completely different and i'm telling you right now that was a mental fuck for this girl but i kept her saying because i kept on putting side by sides i'm like yo fuck the scale okay mm -hmm. don't worry about it keep doing what you're doing because it's working look at this difference from a physical standpoint you can see we're making some some changes okay so um you know the scale isn't always the scale doesn't always need to go down and i think it's important to make note of that because i think so many people chase seeing that number keep continuously dropping and uh you know again that's why i tell again it just stop evaluating and stop trying to interpret what that scale says just leave it to your coach yeah because a coach might be i guess in the sort of you're saying the same way it's basically body recomposition Absolutely. That's exactly yeah. what happened with that athlete that weighed the exact same from the beginning of prep to actual show day body recomposition you know she came to me she wasn't eating nearly enough nor was her training on point and when you combine the two crazy shit can happen <laughs> Yeah, it's insane what increase of carbs, but your metabolism just keeps increasing. Right. And it's like, 
Holy Have shit. Because I've done it. Because I'm doing it now. I was stuck at like 165 for like three weeks. And I was like, okay, this ain't going anywhere. And he just kept increasing my carbs. And it still wasn't going anywhere. And More I'm like, food, baby. all right. I was like, keep bringing them. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what I was saying. I was like, I need more yeah. food. I was because I work at a, um, I work at a bar while I'm at school. Okay. So, did so I. <laughs> there's some. So so while I'm a bouncer, it's like you burn, especially on football weekends. It's busy uh, yeah. like the whole oh, yeah. night. So you're just like running around. And you're like burning so many calories. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the weekend, our boss would always get us pizza, like this really oh, greasy oh, pizza. Great. And I'd always save myself like a slice or two afterwards. And it'd be like, my coach is like, yeah, you could just have it. He's like, he's like, you're burning enough calories to the point where you could just have it. <laughs> but, um, how do you do, how do you do training during like, um, do you just keep training the same, just heavy? Do you do any type of volume training yeah. uh, while you're in, while you're doing uh, preps? Like what's your, what's your like method for training? Yeah, so it depends on the individual and, we yeah. personally do when we're doing somebody's training is we implement it in about six to eight week blocks. Um, okay. And since we do work with primarily bikini athletes and do primarily bikini athlete programming, uh, it, when it comes to those girls responding in a positive manner, we have found that high volume works extremely well. So you can throw a shit ton of lunges and a shit ton of like lower body work at a girl and she can go all day. Whereas if you were just program that for a guy, you and I, Anthony, would we'd be Okay. Um, I mean, shit, you tell me to do lunges for fucking a couple minutes and I'm done, but you tell a girl to do lunges until she's tired. She'll be out there 10, 15 fucking minutes. No shit. Uh, yeah, no, I can't do, I can't yeah. do lunges for that long. I die. You know, we found, um, you know, our athletes respond, especially in the, their glutes and their legs and overall hamstring development, uh, respond extremely well to high volume. Um, and of course throughout prep, you know, a lot of people will think that when their weight goes down or body fat goes down, that their strength is going to automatically go down. Absolutely not. I tell people to get that shit out of your head um, because if you got the appropriate nutrition protocols, which all of our athletes do, you're, there's no reason why you can't maintain your weight in the gym, if not even continuously set PRs, which a lot of our athletes do. Um, so that's exactly, you know, huge advocates of um, high volume, uh, smart training, progressively overloading the muscle on a week to week basis. And, you know, just be smart with it. Don't overthink shit. Yeah, Lorna, does it change when you do like lifestyle coaching? Like I know it does. I know it definitely does. But like how do you do you individualize I know you individualize it uh per person. Um but do you more or less choose you choose different types of splits, you do different types of volume? And I mean like it matters about the individual, but like how do you go about choosing how much volume to give to a lifestyle mm -hmm. client? So it's funny. A lot of, so like Dylan said, um, you, we usually do six to eight week splits. I still keep that the same with uh, all the lifestyle clients for at least mine. Um, I The only difference I would say is because lifestyle, you know, not every lifestyle client is one of those avid gym goers. A lot of them are just doing it for the diet aspect of it. Um, so I kind of like to ease them into the gym a little more. So if they do a training program with us, um, I usually will recommend just starting at a four day split. Um, for most bikini athletes, I'm going anywhere from five to six day a week uh, training programs. But for those lifestyle, I want them to enjoy it. I want them to feel comfortable in 
as you know, you know, anybody that's new getting into the gym, they're a little timid. Um, so yeah. sometimes just easing them into it by just uh, starting with only a four day split, taking three rest days or maybe four training days and a couple active rest days. It, uh, that's really the one way I'll tailor it. Um, and then obviously it is a little bit more full body focused for my lifestyle and not as glute focused because yeah, <laughs> are really huge. So obviously we really want to target those in a lot of our training. So absolutely. We yeah. even have a lot of our bikini athletes um, and female athletes hit the glutes to some degree, at least every time they're in the gym. Yeah. That's what I'm talking like high volume. I'm talking like consistent. Okay. Hit those, you know, we want constant tension and, and uh, you know, constant volume with that. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't think I've hit a muscle. I think I hit a muscle every day, like once. And I think it was when I started. And I think that was just like arms and legs yeah. every day. And it was like, yeah, that was my training split. But when I started getting serious, it actually, it's actually pretty interesting. I did do, I did start with a four day split. And then I started to increase it per my coaches. Like I went through two coaches now and it's yeah. like, now I've increased it to six days. Yeah. Increased but I'm dying after six. No, 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 absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm typically have to, a five. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I have to tell my five. Yeah. My leg, my legs are gone after my doing my second leg day. It's just like when you were talking about lunges, I have to do like a superset with like dumbbell walking lunges and then forward lunges alternating. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I got to do like four sets of those. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I hate him. I message him and I'm like, I hate you. But I love you at the same time yep. because you're making my legs grow, but I hate you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I totally like to get into you guys working together as a couple. Yeah. I think that's a big thing that a lot of people see. Yeah. I've talked to Sean about it with him and yeah. Bella. And then working together, uh, I have Jordan and Aaron coming on, awesome. so I'm going to get their perspective on this too as Both well. Both of those couples, they're, um, they're couples that are just killing it. And uh, we yeah. just love seeing other people have success, and uh, yeah. especially when they're our close friends. So the, I'm excited to, to hear what they have to, to say on your podcast. Yeah, actually, Sean's low-key podcast is coming out tomorrow, awesome. so that will we be out. out so if you're driving anywhere, just plug yep. it in. Um, but yeah, I want to get your thing working together, especially yeah. working during uh, Lauren's prep mm -hmm. too. I think being her, you were her coach, correct? correct? So it was, so I want to get your perspective on like being her coach and like, I think the one thing is being a hundred percent honest. And I want to know if that was kind of difficult and was it difficult for you, Lauren, to take that too, while also being fiance of course yeah man I, I love talking about this because a lot of people ask um and a lot of people are just like right, isn't it hard to coach your fiance or be coached by your fiance um in reality it, it truly isn't i think no. it makes uh, our relationship that much more unique and that much more special just because we have that much trust within one another we want what's best for one another okay um and when it comes to coaching lauren i you know, if if anything, I was actually probably more hard on her than than most uh, just because I wanted it that bad for her. And I knew how bad she wanted it for herself. Um, and I'm telling you right now, because she'll tell you firsthand, uh, you know, and she even shared it throughout her prep. We had to get this girl low calories like uh. I'm talking about <laughs> what I would normally take any anybody else um but you know i was like babe you ready for this like yeah. are you wanting to get that top five spot at nationals and she's like fuck yeah and i'm like 
fuck yeah, right back. Let's fucking go. So, you know, we, we had to do a lot of cardio and cut calories pretty freaking low. Um, but damn it, we end up getting her in that top five spot in her last national show. And there's only one way that she could have done it. And it's to push as hard as she did. And as, as hard as I really did push her. So, um, you know, we're very, I'm very transparent with everything. I don't care what she wants to hear. I'm coaching her. Um, many, she, we, many tears were shed. Oh, trust me, trust me, I'll tell you one story. Uh, oh, God. She loves her sugar-free jello. Who doesn't love their sugar-free jello? Yeah. Uh, the boy here was stupid and ate the rest of the sugar-free jello. Oh, no. She found out, she was like, where is my sugar-free jello? I didn't have to say anything. My ass was in the car going to the store. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, all hell would break loose. But absolutely. But. but no matter what, even if she bitched me out at times, which she really, you know, I applaud her for not bitching me out even more. Um, you <laughs> Sorry know, for when I no matter what, I, I, <laughs> I, I knew that she'd thank me in the long run. And I think you, you appreciate yeah. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So let's, what about being coached on me? Well, like Dylan said, everything about being coached, I honestly think it just made our relationship stronger. And in the, in the, um, period of all this happening in 2017, we decided to take our relationship to the next level then. And I started working part-time for Dylan. Um, So that was a lot of people, you know, thought that that would be hard working for your significant other with your significant other. Um, And honestly, again, I think being able to do that and having the trust and that relationship that him and I have, um, it's helped grow Bear Aesthetics that much more. 100%. Um, And now starting in two days, I will be working full-time with Dylan. Hell Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. I wanted to say, I didn't get to say it before our podcast, but congratulations on doing what you love to do. Yeah, so, Mars, her last night shift as an RN. She'll, of course, keep her RN credential, but, yep. Uh, yep. you know, we'll be, you know, she'll be doing full time coaching with myself and we'll be able to travel more. We'll be able to attend more shows. We're actually planning on doing some seminars where we travel to other states to interact with more people, um, where we do like posing seminars and prep seminars where we talk about the science of things. Um, we've been getting a lot of feedback about doing that so you know her going full-time ba is going to allow us to do cool things like that and just continue to to grow ba um even more so i'm super hyped and i'm just super proud that she's gotten to the point where she has so yeah uh that's it's just incredible to see people like you and jordan and aaron and all those guys succeeding kind of just want to grow up to be like that i mean i'm 22 so i got a lot of time okay because you're you're learning you're you're getting the right people and you're wanting to learn like you said right before we got on this podcast you know we'll let you do the talking i just want to learn like i love it that's how i am like i want to learn from others and that's how i've you know that's how ba's become so such a success story i guess you could say yeah and i think we're going to touch on one last topic before i get into my final three questions i ask everybody um so you're setting no expectations i know you made a post about this the other day on it and being 100 percent honest which is every coach we just stress this is that every coach needs to be it no matter what Uh you're in especially with you two being in a relationship together and one coach in the other um go into like that theory of setting no expectations going into prep like you want to bring the best package that you can bring and you just have to worry about you and I think that's it and it's just like I don't set any expectations like 
it's like, cool, I'll grow. Like even in my growing phase, I'm like, I'm going to grow as much muscle as possible. And that's my one goal. And that's all I look at. So, but I have no expectations to how much muscle I want to put on. So it's like, go over that. No expectations, especially during prep. Like you just want to like bringing just the best package you can bring. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I would just say in general with all these competitions, you know, every show is different. There's a different panel of judges. There's a different area that you might be in. So, you know, obviously everybody's goal is to place top to five place top two first place overall. Um, so it's great to have those high expectations and, you know, give everything that you have in order to get there. Um, but in the long run, like you said, you know, you need to go into these with no expectations. You know, you, this is a very you versus you uh, sport. I know when I first started, I was guilty of constantly pulling up pictures of girls that I found that were doing the show in my high class and comparing myself and there's where that stress comes. And that's where those freakouts come for no reason at all. Um, it is very you versus you. You just kind of have to do it knowing that you put in your all. And when you get out there on stage, posing with your all, giving it your all, just doing anything that you can. And, you know, you just have to be happy with those outcomes, whether it is that you placed or you didn't. Absolutely. And, and it's important, like you said, um, you know, don't really want to set the expectations too high. However, you do want to set certain expectations. Yeah. And I kind of touched base on if this is the pose you're referring to, um, you know, you need to talk about those expectations with your coach. And if you truly trust yep. your coach, then your coach is not going to steer you wrong. Um, and even if your coach tells you what expectations you should have for yourself, even if it's not what you want to hear, that's a good coach. OK, because that's not what we're supposed to be there for. We will tell you what you need to hear and we'll give you a reality check when when needed. Um, I'm very blunt with every single one of my athletes. And again, like being that blunt, transparent coach really, really has helped in all of our athletes success in BA. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I want to set is like. I was doing a analysis with uh, Chase Chang. Yeah. He's like my business coach. So cool. we're starting off and we're doing SWOT analysis. Yeah. And then one of my things was talking about uh, honesty. And I was like, well, I'm just going to be straight up blunt in a way, though, that builds them up. Like, I think that's the one thing that people always get stuck with, especially with talking about this stuff is being 100 percent honest and brutal. Mm -hmm can backfire on you if you don't have the right strategy for rebuilding the client back Bingo. up to and the point that you what, need to we've got that. a local coach whose name i will not say who pushes the bluntness a little bit too far in a disrespectful way and i mean it's definitely harmed his business but there's still some people that like like that um and you know more power to them but uh i think yeah it, it really takes a special coach to be able to tailor that kind of um transparency to that individual because everybody's going to take that feedback that you provide them differently you know yeah because i'm someone that's like you can be 100 percent brutal with me and i'll be like all right you need me to do this yeah. i'll do that it's like once you said something it's done yeah. it's like that's it 
that's where we're going. That's what we're doing. It's game, set, match. Yeah. And you've got a lot of athletes, especially, uh, you know, I'll use this as an example because a lot of people go through this in the reverse dieting phase. Um, you know, thankfully, we've got so many athletes crushing the reverse dieting phases, um, which is actually harder than the, the contest prep phase for most people. Um, however, if I have certain athletes that fall off track, you know, I'll be straight up with them. Like, get your shit together and let's fucking go. Let you know how to go. Especially if they have a killer prep and I know what they're capable of, you know, I'll, I'll get on their ass and tell them to get their shit together. So, uh, and it, you know, a lot of times it motivates them to, to get back on the fit. No more, no more, uh, high shoes during their intro hey, workouts. Is that that? it? <laughs> funny thing right now. They're so good. You had those yet? No, I've not. I really got to try. I never actually tried intro workout before. So like I never implemented it. I actually started implementing eight weeks out from my Ohio State show um, and highly suggested. Like, yeah, I would have a lot of my athletes, you know, tap into it. uh, And I actually experimented with myself. And I, you know, a lot of my athletes, they do the candies and cereals and that's totally fine. Those are like more fun, you know, intra workout carb sources. I personally recommend the cyclic dextrin, which is, if you're familiar with is one of the, um, you know, easiest, easiest digested form of carbohydrates, which is what you want during training. There's virtually no gastric distress and you can keep training, but I definitely notice a a big difference as far as my muscle fullness goes, um, in overall performance to help get me through that last, you know, eight to to six week out mark. Yeah, that will definitely I think we're gonna have to come back for podcast number two because I think I think we're definitely gonna need to talk about reverse dieting uh, and yeah, doing intro workout. We can talk all about that too. Because I know reverse dieting is like a whole different topic in it itself really that I want to get to, but I knew we were not gonna have enough nope. time. But I, but okay, so coming up is the three questions I ask everybody. Um I'm gonna get both of you guys. So oh. three lessons you think that uh everybody should take away from this podcast if they want to get a quick summary? Uh, Number one, I would say don't make peak week a huge deal. Don't expect crazy big changes. You could do number two. Absolutely. Uh, And just do your research when it comes to hiring a coach and ensure that you have their utmost trust and trust them throughout no matter what. Um, Yeah, just trust your coach. Like I cannot stress that enough. Oh, gosh. And number three, <laughs> I would say, um, let's see. Mm. Oh, gosh. Help. Follow your damn passion. Yeah. Okay. No matter what it is, um, you know, Anthony, I respect you for doing this podcast like you're just in the initial phases um you know i appreciate you reaching out to to us Mm -hmm. and i think you hit on one post like talking about asking us and and the worst thing that could happen was us saying no um but the fact that you went ahead and and asked um you know it says a lot about yourself and no matter whoever's listening to this like if you have a passion like just fucking who cares what everybody else says like again back to what the startup of ba when i was in grad school everybody said you're fucking crazy kid i was like well yeah you're fucking crazy for not believing in me because I follow my passion and look at us now. So, yeah, that's that's what I usually like to hit on. That's my big that's my big one. If I could say anything, I think everybody says in every single podcast is that they should do what you want to do because 
it's actually better for you. I'm happy. I always love scheduling podcasts. Yeah. And it was like incredible that I responded to one post about Rachel. And it just led to me ended up booking you guys within like less than a day Absolutely. of responding to that, which is pretty yeah, funny. Man, it's, uh, we love getting on podcasts and just talking, like I said, and spreading as much knowledge. And, and we just want people to learn. Um, as much as possible. A lot of people were like, you guys should start your own podcast. And we're like, eh, not really. We just like people asking. <laughs> the, we like being guests on podcasts and, and helping other podcasts out. But maybe one day when Lawrence full time, we, we might tap into the podcast market. So we might have some questions for you, bro. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good world to get into. I can tell you that it helped me a lot. Um, but we're going to get out to the second question. Uh, three books or podcasts that you recommend people should read or listen Absolutely. to? The the Woman's Book by Lyle McDonald. Have you seen that one yet? No. So he talks a lot about the science and literature based upon the physiology within women. Um, and it's just phenomenal. It's a thick pink book, like pretty beautiful pink. So I love carrying around being being. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is it is one to to really study, especially if you have a lot of clients that are female, which we obviously do. And then another oh. one as far as podcasts go, I know Dylan and I listen to him. It's a really good friend, Paul Ravella. Uh, he's also a competition prep uh, prep coach. Um, he also does YouTube videos, real quick ones covering all different types of yeah. topics but that's another one that we'll kind of like to listen to you know dylan's uh dylan's take on fitness and health and everything is very similar to paul's so we just love hearing what he has to say too because he's been in this business now for longer than dylan and you know he's always looked up to him yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> anything else um book podcasts let's see here not my own. Not my own. Hey, yeah, give you guys a shout out. We'll give this podcast a shout out. Um, I'll do something unique. PubMed. All right. All y'all need to learn how to do some actual research in PubMed. Um, honestly, that's what I do a lot of times throughout the week in my my morning hours of emailing, just kind of looking up the, the latest literature. Um, so it's not actually a book. However, it's a database full of legit literature that everybody has access to. And I highly encourage uh, many people do the research if they're curious about any kind of topic. And again, that's kind of what got me into all of this, just because I was just a curious kid wanting to help others that much more. And I would just research a lot of things uh, via PubMed. So I think that is a valuable resource that is very underutilized. And I highly recommend uh, people check that out. Awesome. And then finally, uh, I'm going to give you guys uh, some seconds of fame here to per se. Uh, shout yourselves out. Just, just shameless plug away. Where can people find you um, if they want to hire you for coaching or reach out to you anyway? Shape yeah, so you guys can check out our website at bearaesthetics.com, B-A-I-R, aesthetics. Uh, my Instagram is Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, bear underscore R-D. And then you can find me on Instagram. My uh, handle is fitness first. There's a bunch of underscores in there. So hopefully you can include that in there. <laughs> but um, yeah. also, um, if you're looking to personally work with me for coaching, either lifestyle or prep, um, if you go to Bear Aesthetics, there's a couple tabs that where you can get in contact with not only myself, but we also have um, five other coaches that also specialize in 
um, lifestyle and prep. So there's a way to contact all of us on there. And they're all uh, either registered dietitians or dietetics based. And, uh, you know, I think that's what one thing that makes BA unique is because we are very dietitian and science based oriented. Um, and we continue to to grow in that and, and stand out in that way. Yeah. So, guys, uh, I'll have that all linked down below in the uh, in the show notes. So you'll definitely be able to find them fairly easily. I uh, just want to thank you guys again for coming on. Um, it's been a great time, uh, long hour. We gotten a lot of information. Uh, take notes, people. Definitely have your pen and paper out because if you didn't take notes, you really are going to regret that. So thank you again, Dylan and Lauren. I appreciate you guys Thanks. so much for it. doing this on Christmas Eve. <laughs> So hey man, we're doing what we love to do. So it's it's I was excited about this podcast. So I'm excited to get back on too. We'll have to come up with more topics. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk again about finding a time to get you guys on. But thank you again. And everybody, thank you for listening to the Ace of Spada podcast, episode eleven. <laughs>